0: We're going to hear from our faithful God, and we're reading his word in Malachi chapter 2. Turn to page 961 in your Bibles. Great, Malachi chapter 2 from verse 10 to 16, the words of our faithful God to us. Do we not all have one Father? Did not one God create us? Why do we profane the covenant of our ancestors by being unfaithful to one another? Judah has been unfaithful. A detestable thing has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. Judah has desecrated the sanctuary the Lord loves by marrying women who worship a foreign God. As for the man who does this, whoever he may be, may the Lord remove him from the tents of Jacob even though he brings an offering to the Lord Almighty. Another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail because he no longer looks with favour on your offerings or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. You ask, why? It is because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. You have been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant, has not the one God made you? Ye belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect, says the Lord Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. This is God's word.
1: Thank you, Christian. It's brilliant to see you. My name is Jeremy. Uh, and it's great to see you here if we haven't met before. Um, two things to say just as we start. Um, first, uh, thank you to everyone who's involved in the Chinese New Year event on Thursday night. If you weren't there, you missed an absolute treat, including uh, a rare uh, public performance on the ukulele. So if... Uh, uh, if you want to find out some more, do chat to Felicity, who gave uh, her amazing testimony. Uh, really moving and well explained. Thank you, Felicity, for that. And um, uh, thanks to everyone who came along for a terrific night. It really was extremely enjoyable. Secondly, to say um, that we've got a, a brief question time later on in the service. This is a, a, a difficult passage. It touches on some very emotive uh, issues on which some of us really, really struggle. Um, and we've got a question time a bit later on. If you can see the QR code on your service sheet uh, just on the back there. You can point your smartphone camera at that, and it'll take you something called Slido. You might not have heard of Slido, but it's an opportunity for you to put in a question and then by some clever magic of the interweb, it comes up on our, on our sort of phones at the front, and then that's an opportunity uh, for Madish to ask me some of those questions, uh, and then we'll try and answer them together. We've just got 10 minutes for that. A little bit later on please do take advantage of that and and if you can't think of exactly the question that you're thinking of then uh there may be a question on there already which sort of expresses what you were thinking in which case you can upvote it and then it'll climb the list and uh and then we know that that's one that we should give priority to so do please have a look good well it's great to see every single one of you here it's it's good to be together in one place isn't it to care and love and support and serve and teach one another that is a high calling for us as a church a calling by the Lord Jesus Christ and uh, in view of that and in view of the subject material today I think we should pray don't you so I'm going to pray I'd love you to join me let's pray together Father God and our Creator we've just sung that there is power in the finished work of Jesus to change helpless sinners just like me and say so I pray Father God that we would admit to you how helpless we are genuinely we would do that and we would rely on the finished work of Jesus to powerfully transform us and make us new please begin that work in us right now as we come to your powerful word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, there's a very precious piece of card that I scanned earlier on. It's just gone up on the screen, I think, just behind me. Uh, you can see that. I printed that in the student library at Bath's Hospital just down the road. It's an invitation to dawn of my wedding, sent out by carrier pigeon in 1763. No, that's not quite true. Uh, but 1995, uh, first to... July, such a fantastic day. Wedding vows just like a mile down the road from here. Jeremy, will you take Dawn to be your wife? Will you love her, comfort her, honour and protect her and forsaking all others, be faithful to her as long as you both shall live. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. I will, I said. Such a joyful day. Now, many of our friends uh, who got married around the same time are, are, are happy and enjoying their marriage. But on Friday night, uh, I found myself sitting between two people at a party whose marriages have broken down. Uh, married about the same time as us, now um, divorced, and, and there's been unfaithfulness, and their marriages didn't survive that. And, and you might know the pain of that, and it is a very, very hard thing. Um, Dawn and I have got divorced in our family as well. And when someone was asked that question on their wedding day, will you be faithful as long as you both shall live? It turns out that the answer wasn't so clear as it seemed on their wedding day. Um, and that is an incredibly hard thing to process. And we might carry the pain of that for the rest of our lives. And, and the reason that I'm telling you this is because uh, we're looking at a passage from Malachi. And it's all about unfaithfulness, and it touches us, and it touches on divorce. And and none of us come to this topic without some sort of history in our friends or in our family. And um, maybe you're divorced yourself. Maybe you've got parents who are divorced. Uh, maybe you've got friends who are divorced. And, and and let me say that we won't be able to answer every question about divorce today. They, Malachi isn't trying to answer every question about divorce. There's a lot more that the Bible says. And and um. If you wanted, you ask a little bit in the question time later on, and, and let me say as well that this um, part of the Bible is written at a very specific time in history to a very specific group of people. Um, it's written in the fifth century BC. God's people have come back from exile. It's right, right at the end of the Bible. It's the second easiest book in the Bible to find after Genesis, I think, uh, because it comes at the end of the Old Testament rather than the beginning. Uh, right at the end of the Old Testament, and God's people have come back from exile. A uh, hundred years previously and they're weary they're bone tired, and, and God is calling them to return to him and give their hearts back to him and 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 what they're called to respond to is his character the person that God is um, he's a loving father and and he wants us to bring our hurt and our disappointment to him and and my hope is that we're the kind of church community where we can share our struggles and and talk about these things together, not just this week, but in the, in the months and the years to come. I hope, and I hope this is just the start of a conversation where we can talk about some of the ways we might have been hurt and work those three together. Let's have a look at Malachi chapter 2, verses 10 to 16 then, and the passionate call to faithfulness from the heart turner, God the heart turner, and this is the first thing that we discover, that there's a deep motivation to faithfulness, and this is it you see on the screen the motivation, one father and creator. That's the motivation. We have one father and one creator. Uh, perhaps some of you know what it's like to have siblings. I know what it's like to have siblings. I've got an older brother and uh, a younger sister. And uh, we used to fight all the time, particularly uh, me and my brother. And I still remember, we had one of these conversations the other day about you know how badly did you hurt your siblings. And I think I probably won the conversation. I remember the satisfaction of seeing my parents pull out of the drive in the car with my brother in the back um, uh, on the way to hospital. And uh, uh, that's where um, I had put him, having injured him. He's fully recovered now. He's 56, and he's, he's almost, almost forgiven me. But you know, you know your dad says in that situation, um, he says hey guys we're family come on we're family you know get, c- can you not get on with each other we're family together we're the hobson's come on you know we can do this that's the sort of fatherly role isn't it so i've heard anyway and um, and that's the sort of point in verse 10 if you have a look down at that can you say it on the page 961 chapter 2 verse 10 under that headline breaking covenant through divorce and um, the whole way through this book, we'll sort of get used to this as we go through, God is using his character to mend and to motivate his people. He is always loving. He's, he's the God who doesn't change, it says later on in the book. And that means that he's always loving and he's always sovereign and he's always father. He's a forever father, verse 10. Do we not all have one Father. Did not the one God create us? This is verse 10. Why do we profane the covenant of our ancestors by being unfaithful to one another? Um, God's already told his people that he's their father. In, back in Exodus, you see it on the, on the screen. These words are a thousand years old. Even by the time that Malachi's around, Israel is my firstborn son. That's what God said as he was saving. Israel, So it's the foundation of the nation, really, as they come out of Egypt in this great event called the Exodus. And, and he promises to lead and to care for them, just like a dad does. And, and, and that means that God's people are family together. And, 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 and that means that they should have each other's backs. Yeah, That's how it works in a family. At least it's supposed to. He's their father and he's their creator, it says in verse 10. He made them. Genesis 2, you know what we're made of? Dust and breath. That's what people are made out of. God formed Adam from the dust, and he breathed into him the breath of life. We're made out of dust and breath. All of us made by the same creator, every single one of us. For all the things that set us apart in this room, we've all been made by the same God. Have a look at your hands for a minute. Okay, just have, have, have a look at your hands. They were made, okay? They were made. We're all created beings. We're creatures. We're created and if we're made, then we're owned. That's the point, you see. What you make, you own. Isaiah 43, you'll see that up on the screen as well. This is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, those are both names for God's people, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Isn't that incredible? God created us. And so we belong to him a vertical truth with horizontal dimensions we're to have each other's backs we're to be faithful to each other and that makes us very humble you see can you see how that humbles us because God's our father and we're created people so we have an obligation to God and, and, and to each other. You know, there was a time in history called the Enlightenment, you might have read about that, when quite deliberately people decided they were going to cut the apron strings and they were going to do life without God. We can do this on, on, on our own, is what they said. Uh, we don't need God sort of nannying us anymore. And, um, and we're still living with the consequences of that. So you know, you be you, uh, be true to yourself, follow, follow your heart. And we can ask ourselves, how is it going with that? how do you think it's going as a society how do you think we're doing broken families and broken lives absolutely everywhere this sort of manic individualism but when when we when we accept that god is our father when we accept that we're we're made people then it humbles us and it teaches us to be faithful to one another it means we've got that bond together can you see that And there's a profound motivation to act in that way because we know who God is. We belong to the same Father. We're made by the same hand. And so when Billy Eilish sings, what was I made for? We can think to ourselves, oh, actually, I know the, I, I know the answer to that, you know. <laughs> to relate to God as my father and creator, that's what I was made for. And so I'm to be faithful to you, and and you're to be faithful to me, please. And if that's true, then verse 10, why profane that covenant relationship by being unfaithful? And that's the challenge from verses 11 to 16, the accusation, we have been faithless. Why don't we read on verse 11? This is what it says. Judah has been unfaithful, a detestable thing, has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. Judah has desecrated the sanctuary the Lord loves. How? By marrying women who worship a foreign God. As for the man who does this, whoever he may be, may the Lord remove him from the tents of Jacob, even though he brings an offering to the Lord Almighty. Now, it seems like people in in Judah, this these are the original people that it was written to in the fifth century BC, seems like men in Judah particularly men have been marrying women who worship a foreign God and uh, and that means they've been marrying people from other countries and they were told in the book of Moses that in the law of Moses that they should marry someone from their own religion Um, it's not a racial thing it's worth saying that so you think of a couple like Ruth and Boaz you might have heard of them in the Old Testament Ruth is a Moabite but she loves the God of the Bible and, 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 and the issue or the detestable thing, that's very, very strong language, isn't it? The desecration comes from taking someone who worships a foreign god and bringing them really close to your heart like you do when you marry someone. Because in a sense, the fair thing to do in a marriage like that Um, where you worship one god and and, and the other person worships a different god the fair thing to do would be to worship your god for 50 percent of the time and to worship their god for 50 percent of the time and they might be fine with that but the god of the bible can't be because he's your father and he's he's your creator and he knows that a hundred percent of your heart is rightfully his and and God's people have just got back from exile and and you might know that divided hearts are the very thing that caused the exile in the first place and God is saying you cannot be going back to this you'll be removed from the tents of Jacob verse 12 because and and, and Malachi goes on to explain a divided heart leads to skin-deep religion and that's in verse thirteen. That's the issue. Verse thirteen. Another thing you do, can you see that down in verse thirteen? Another thing you do. You flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail, because he no longer looks with favor on your offerings, or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. Flooding the Lord's altar with tears. Perhaps you know how that goes. I, I certainly know how how this goes. When you know that there's something wrong in your Christian life. And really, you need to sort it out. Um, you need to come to God and say, I'm so sorry, I've been an idiot. and I need, I need your help to root it out and to genuinely change. That's what you need to do. But instead you say, I'm going to try harder. I'm, 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 I'm going to come to church more often. I'm going to increase my giving. I'm going to flood the altar with tears. You know? And we think um, if, we are, if, we, if we turn up our religious performance, so that will somehow sort of distract people, or distract ourselves, I think, from the real issue. And, and so in Malachi's day, people's faces are getting wet, but their hearts aren't changing. And, and you know, I mean, how much do I need to learn this? You can't cover unfaithfulness with a display of religious fervour. You can't do it. It doesn't work. You know, leading prayers on a Sunday, watching porn on a Monday, Um, giving generously to church, but being deeply critical in your heart of other Christians. That doesn't wash with God. And that's the warning. Um, Because God's people, reading between the lines, God's people have been, well, they've been hating and divorcing their wives, so they, they will have got married Within God's people, and then they seem to have been divorcing their wives in order to marry people from other countries. Putting it all together, that's the picture. And chapter 2, verse 10, they're being unfaithful to one another. Um, And verse 11, they're being unfaithful to God. And then verse 14, they're being unfaithful to their wives. You see three dimensional unfaithfulness. Um, They're they're divorcing the wives they've originally married and sort of trading them in. For wives from other religions, and and the thing is, the thing is that God's been God's been the witness to their marriage. Do you see that down in verse fourteen? Um, the Lord is a witness between you and the wife of your youth. The Lord, the Lord is the witness. So, um, Christian and Kesia, um, you're getting married on Saturday, and I'm sure you've been taught through this. But this is the this is the form that you're going to sign. Okay, this is called a, a marriage document. And um, uh, you need to check your names are correct at the top, you put your date of birth, um, all kinds of different things. And then box 10 down here um, says name and signature of witnesses. And um, you choose, you you normally choose two people who you want to be witnesses to your marriage. But down in that box, it's as if it says Yahweh, the God of Israel. It's as, if, it's as if God has signed off your marriage. He's witnessed the fact that you've made vows to one another. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? God is witness to a marriage. <laughs> and, 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 and as you come into covenant relationship with one another, um, then that is an unbreakable relationship. Um, you've probably seen this before, but... Um, Two pieces of paper, I stuck these together earlier on. I stuck them together. Um, in the same way that God joins people together in marriage, you know, you can't you can't tear it apart without causing a lot of damage. And it's the same with a marriage. Go. Yeah. Verse 16, the man who hates and divorces his wife says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he... He should protect. Well, we'll come back to that in a minute because it's got all kinds of implications. But first, let's get the third piece of the jigsaw in place from Malachi 2, and that's that we need to be on our guard and we need to come back to return. That's one of the key themes of the book of Malachi. We need to return to a forever faithful God, that's the response to be on our guard. Can you see God says it twice in in verses 15 and 16. Um, can you see that? Have a look down at that uh, bottom of the column on the left-hand side of page 961, Verse 15, "So be on your guard, and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one who should protect says the Lord Almighty so second time be on your guard and do not be unfaithful be on your guard you know we're not in the same situation exactly as the people in Malachi's day they they were trying to live under the law of Moses and that's the covenant of their ancestors which comes in chapter 2 verse 10 And and, but we're going to see by the end of the book, there's going to take something really radical in order to turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the children to the parents. God, the heart turner um, in chapter four, it's going to take a new covenant. It's going to take someone like Elijah, who's who's going to come and call people back to God and point out someone like Jesus. That's what it's going to take. Um, We can look back on that and, and, and know that the covenant that that. That brings us to god is the new covenant and and that covenant is is sealed in in the blood of jesus it's a covenant of grace forgive people enjoy his grace every day but let's be careful let's be careful you know that the most dangerous thing we could do in response to these words is to think that they don't apply to us at all or to think immediately about someone else who we think needs to hear this part of the bible (laughs) That's dangerous, isn't it? Um, as, as Christians, we, we know God as our Father. How much better do we know God as our Father? We, doesn't Jesus teach us to pray, Our Father who he, uh, he, he is in heaven? And, and He's not only our Creator, He's our Recreator. He remakes us in Jesus. And one day He's going to remake the whole world because of Jesus' self sacrifice on the cross. Um, we perhaps need to hear that warning from 1 Corinthians chapter 10 if you think you are standing firm be careful that you don't fall let's be careful of unfaithfulness be on your guard and do not be unfaithful let me just say a few ways in which we might want to take this to heart you may think of many more perhaps you're not married yet um, let me say this as gently as I can being married is hard. I've been married for 28 years, and it's, and, and it's hard. Not because we're unhappy, but because marriages work. Being married to someone who isn't a Christian is incredibly hard. You know, following Jesus is amazing. There's nothing like it. But not being able to share with that person what is most precious in your heart is at best a lonely place to be. It's a lonely place to be. If, if you have children uh, with someone who, um, who isn't a Christian, they're probably going to stay at home with your partner while you go to church. Uh, and and what, what God wants is godly offspring, he says. Now, of course, as a church family, we're going to love you and support you and cherish you and pray for you. We, we want to do that f- people in every situation in marriage all kinds of things can happen in a marriage and we're not going to stop loving you but please don't choose to put yourself in that situation please and I, I know that sometimes you know we're going around at church and, and there's no one you'd even consider, to ha- you know having a coffee with let alone um, you know marrying and um, uh, maybe there's someone at work and, and they are so nice to you and, and, and you just click And you want to stick around with them and they're so funny and you start to notice the things they're wearing and you know and and the things they do and and they say to you come on it's Sunday afternoon why don't we go out for tea that's what normal people do now I know so many people who say I can't believe how easily I got into this Uh, a long long time ago I was in a relationship with someone whose Christian faith was at best doubtful And um, people say, I just can't believe how easily I got into this. I was always the strong one. I didn't think that one day it was going to be me. You know? Be on your guard all the time. Be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. Perhaps you're someone who's married. Uh, For the sake of your spouse, for the sake of your family, for the sake of your church, for the sake of your father and creator God, be on your guard Be faithful in your in your thought life in your habits be careful maybe you suspect that you'll never be married um or maybe you're facing divorce through no fault of your own if that's you i'm so sorry i'm so so sorry god calls that an act of violence some of us will carry the scars of that for the rest of our lives and it will take a long long time to process that And we want to be the kind of church where people can be honest about their hurts and their failings and and their wounds. And we want to walk with one another in that. We want to listen to one another. But, But in the end, and who knows how long this is going to take, maybe years, maybe decades, we can start to give some of that pain to Jesus. He's there, ready to take it on. Because Jesus Christ was faithful all the way to the cross, all the way. Violence was done to him, and now he is committed to his bride, the church, and he is faithful. And, and, and he says to us, I, Jesus, will take you, the church, to be my wife, and I will love you and comfort you, honor and protect you, and forsaking all others will be faithful to you at the cost of my own life. When, for better for worse for richer for poorer in sickness and in health that's his commitment to us and 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 when we talk about faithfulness there is not a single one of us who is without sin and that includes church leaders let me tell you for some of us we tried to cover it over with a display of religion and and maybe you've never actually come to Jesus and, and asked him to root out that guilt and shame he will do that today if you ask him. Now, it is, it is very humbling, but the hard work is all here in the end. And he will never let you down, and he will always be good to you. And he can help you keep going through the pain, and he can wash you clean from the guilt. So be on your guard, and you will find that he will be faithful to you. Uh, you're bound to have loads of questions, I'm sure. And we're going to have question time in a minute. You can access that, as I said at the beginning, using the QR code on the service sheet. But first, I think it'd be good if we if we prayed together. So let's commit things to God. Let's pray to him. Father God, thank you that you are the God who who, who doesn't change. You say to us, I have loved you. And more than that, you have been Faithful to us and Jesus says that he will never leave us or forsake us and that there's nothing in heaven and earth that could separate us from his love and so I pray that we'd open up to, to his faithfulness I pray that we would call you father and creator and allow that to humble us and so I pray that we would no forgiveness for our unfaithfulness whatever area of our lives that's been in whether in a relationship or in something else and I and I pray father that we would be prepared to ask for forgiveness from you I I pray Father, that that uh, we'd be able to forgive those who've been unfaithful to us it might have hurt us extremely deeply I pray maybe we can start to talk about those things to you. And we ask, Father, that um, tonight, tomorrow morning, this week, uh, this month, that we would be on our guard in our, in our minds, and we guard our minds and our hearts. Uh, we'd be careful, and we would want to be faithful to you. Thank you for the grace that you show us. It's, it's new every morning. We just need to reach out and take advantage of your faithfulness and, and forgiveness and, and, and the cleansing and the, and the washing that comes through the blood of Jesus. We want to take advantage of that and we want to grow each day to be faithful like your son. Please help us to do that. Your spirit's work in us, bring us to maturity in him and we ask in your name. Amen.